This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, the Black Dahlia Murder will release their new album, Verminous, via Metal Blade Records. Verminous is the band's most dynamic, rousing, and emotional release to date and achieves this without compromising one iota of heaviness. Purchase your copy now of the Black Dahlia Murders Verminous. Metalblade.com slash TBDM. Once again, metalblade.com slash TBDM. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Speich, and I'm always joined by... My name is Brandon, Sir Brandon Hahn. Mm, I did him. Yep, totally. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at yourbuddygooch, G-O-O-C-H. And make sure, guys, to follow our other co-hosts not on the show right now, Jocelyn Sharp, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp, J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N, and Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia, Twitter, and Instagram. You guys want to follow me? I'm at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. And this week, Trevor Sternad from the Black Dollar Murder back on the show. Always a great chat with him. As you guys know, their new album, Verminous, is coming out April 17th, guys. That is going to be this Friday. Make sure you're pre-ordering it. Make sure you're picking it up. Fucking great record. But it's it's Black Dahlia, man. They really took some chances on this record that I really, really appreciate as a fan. They progress. They progressed, if I may. They if grew, I may. They grew cubes in their musical uh, journey. I, th- I feel like they grew pubes a couple years. Uh, you're probably right. Back. You're probably I don't right. know if this is the pube growing album. Okay, this is, they're getting gray in their... Mm, no. No? No. Okay, well, that means more experience. Mm. Mm. That could be seen as a slight. They might have shaved their pubes for this record. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Because you they're can't, in the manscaping yeah, phase. <laughs> because you can't, you can't wait to get them, but then you start seeing that they're really not that great, then you cut them. So, yeah, yeah, what an good. analogy. What exactly. a, a go, guys. It's, it's, called, it's called growth. That's how we that's how we that's how we talk about personal growth. But before we uh, get to that interview, guys, and please hang in there despite our opening there, let's jump into the Metal Sucks news. Give me the goddamn news. Put the cat out the bag. Give me the goddamn news. Before the shit hits the fan. Give me the goddamn news. What do you have to lose? Give me the goddamn news. Before I tear out your views. Yes. The suspense is hurting me. Now say Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> so you set up that pube thing on purpose. No, I didn't. It just oh, came from the heart. Like I forgot that? that I wrote that yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I bet you did. What was the end part of it? Was, Freddie Mercury? Uh, it was you having a hard time saying Freddie Mercury. Oh, I can't say his name. Say it. Freddie Mercury. Mercury. No, it's Mercury. Mer- Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Mercury. Nuclear. Okay. Is it nuclear? Nuclear. 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 Fuck <laughs> like everybody God in the world. Damn Mercury. It. 
Mercury. Is that right? No. Mercury. Mercury. Why can't people have accents anymore? First off, that's not an accent. That's a mispronunciation. <laughs> Why can't? Well, accents mispronounce things. No, accents, there's a draw on their vowels. You're just going Mercury. No. So, mer- so I have to like cure- Southern up Mercury mer- and it works? Mercury. No, that, no. Southern? No. You don't sound smarter when you go Southern. Mercury. Pretty. How many scientists mercury. out there? Well, hey, man, give me some of that mercury, man. Like, no. They know what I mean. They totally know what you mean. But there's a there's a there's a way you got to spit it out. I, I like my broken English. Say it one more time. Mercury. No. Damn it, dude. Mercury. No. This we got to stop this. We got to stop this. We got to move forward. Dude, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. It's uh. incredible. <laughs> Go ahead. Like I'm one of those guys and I know people are listening to this that like I want to get it right to win like yes. I can't move on and yes. I, it's the fact that no 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 I got this but you got to understand something you losing at this mm-hmm. makes me feel like a winner okay so I got this. so 50% of this podcast as of right now because the because uh, the third chair is not here today 50% of this podcast is winning. Mercury. No. Fuck. Okay. You're, moving going, on. <laughs> you're going like mere I can I concede Mercury. Mercury. Mur cure no mur mur cure cure e mur curry no god damn it <laughs> why did you put that in the news sounder man because it's the funniest thing in the world that you can't pronounce it would say baroque <laughs> say that. baroque you got it you got, got it that this one time. all right nuclear you're, you're learning nuclear you're growing as a person i am I'm on this saying. show you're shaving your pubes tomorrow mm. I'm in the gray face. Now give me the god- <laughs> give me the goddamn news, Pete. <laughs> well, the first story that I wanted to talk about, Tommy Lee. All right, he's confident that the Motley Crue summer tour will not be canceled. Now, keep on rocking, shout the devil, mm. and uh... <laughs> he's he's got a draw. He's saying some words wrong there. <laughs> He sings his own words wrong. He's saying a lot of words He's saying a lot. That's Vince Neil for people I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's Vince Neil. That's not him having a speech impediment like you might have. He is highly intoxicated. So the Motley Crue, the big summer tour that we thought would bomb, that didn't bomb, that everybody bought tickets for, the stadium tour, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett is kicking off on June 18th. And Tommy Lee's like, yeah, we got this. We, we, we got this going. I personally think that this is just me. Okay, I know the rest of the world's going to shove their... Ugh, I think we'll be all right by June 18th. What do you think here? I, I, I understand that people are thinking it's going to be next year. Some people are thinking end of summer. But I feel like mid-May is a very doable, let's think about opening. I'm hearing that with this virus, it takes about two weeks for you to start. Yes. Sometimes, in worst case scenario, sometimes you get it. Sometimes as soon as it hits you, you feel it right away. Sometimes it takes two weeks for you to feel anything, you know? And I mean, sometimes after that two weeks, you feel nothing. So it's like, it varies. It's like, you just depending on the person, you we don't, don't have know. answers. We don't, we don't have any answers. answers okay, right? yeah. I just want to make sure I'm doing what our president doesn't do. So we don't have answers. We don't know shit. We're just speculating on, exactly. on our thought process of what we're seeing. But that? what I've seen is it's like, you know, putting, having, having these people stay at home for almost a month now, now it's like, it's going past the two weeks. The people that have been exposed have already, I, I personally, again, this is speculation, feel like they might've already gone through the process mm-hmm. and they won't be contagious after that two weeks. That's what I'm hearing anyway. We don't know that. At last week's interview, Chuck Billy said the doctors didn't tell him that he can't, even though he got it, he can't get it again. So we don't know that either. See, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the, I'm hearing they might. Everything we're hearing, we don't know. Everything's just up in the air. We don't know. However, um, as a society, 
I, this is there's two. This is a two part question to me, uh, or two part question to you, sir. Okay, as a society, we do have to start getting our stuff going again, or there's going to be a huge, huge repercussion at a certain point, right? Yes. In my mind, May first is like there's no turning back. We're going into a deep recession. Like we, if we open back up, there's a there's a V drop right in our economy. Like it drops all the way down and then it pops back up, right? In, in a couple months or whatever, like that. So at that point, I feel like there is. That problem solved. Let's move forward. We took our hit for the last six months, but we can get back on track. Now, <clears throat> what you don't want to do in the economy, and I'm sure anybody out there is an economy, you don't want to do W's. So you don't want to drop, start shit back up, and then turn it all off again and then drop again because that's going to send everything into turmoil, right? And that's what they were saying. That's what Trump was actually saying. He's like, he's like, I want to open this as quickly as possible. And if there's another surge, we'll, we'll shut it down again. Like, no, you don't no, just shut it down I, again. I, I think that's a, that. Yeah. Uh, that's not the way to go. But again, he is in, in a place, he's, uh, I'm not going to say he's, I hate to say he's smarter than me, but he is when it comes well, to stuff like this. Well, he knows more he, experts he, he that are works, in personal exactly. contact so, with him. Yeah. Let's just go with that. Now, obviously, what that's that's the first part of the question is that that's what we're trying to do. So if we start too early, say say my date of May 15th is what I hope for, right? That's what I'm hoping for. There's no facts behind that. If we start too early, then, yeah, it's going to backlash and it's going to ruin more lives. And that's the thing. Economies ruin lives just as much as, yes, yes. you know. And sometimes sometimes you don't even need to have uh, an outbreak in order for the economy to go bad. It could just take a shit yeah. like, it's done, like it's done several times before. We've been through this game before. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, Maybe we, not like this. No, this but, is all new to everybody. But the country, but, but every nation listening has been through a point like this. So that's the first part. Okay, so we got to do it at the right time. But here's the second part. America's 50 states, right? We have some states that are clearly not in the same red zone as other states. Would we not open up like half the country and then roll with it? Or is it all going to be like one big, let's all open it up at one time? No, it can't be like that. That's what I'm saying. State by like state, that. we got no. to consider that. With that, though. You can't treat Wyoming like New York. I'm sorry. It's a completely different animal. You know, like. Now, granted, you know, you're looking at Florida, you're looking at Texas, and those are the ones that are like, who cares? You know, whatever. Now you're seeing there places that jumped on jumped on this way later than they should have. Well, Texas, they're, they're going to have to go through their own thing now. Yeah, Texas, I think, I don't know about Florida, is, I think is worse, but Texas, you look at that population, it's like 30 million people. Yes. And their numbers are very, very low for, for the population, just like California. California's obviously been participating the way they are, but for 40 million people in California, their numbers are extremely low look this you know? is this is my speculation so when, meaning that they can open sooner than like you'd mentioned the places on the east coast that are hit a lot worse you right? can't compare the rest of the nation to new york because new yorkers are literally living on top of each other you will have dozens of whole families mm-hmm. living in a building they they do live in smaller spaces than the majority of the 50 states. Yes. We can say that for sure. Yes. There's other parts of the East Coast. There's other parts of, of the West Coast, you know, and, and that have the same thing. So, yes, the outbreak's and, obviously going to hit. And on top of that, dude, they weren't all practicing, the, 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 you know, the, the clean hands, the, the face mask, the washing of the hands. They probably weren't doing any of that Again, right when it all happened. But, but, that, but, that it's, but just being on top of each other the way they are is going to compound the The commutes problem. with subway. There's, there's different things. Yes. That, there's different factors that go into where you can spread maybe faster in, a, in an environment like New York. I got you. But with that said, New York should open up its economy that's a very important economy to the world and to yes. the, the nation like we bring up california that's the fourth largest economy of the world not the states the world california when that kicks back up right that's going to be a huge boost towards new york's not far behind so 
that's where it comes back to like, okay, if Motley Crue has to cancel four major dates in major cities, can they do the rest of this tour in places like Milwaukee or whatever like that? That's oh, where, yes. well, that's that's where the question kind of comes I'm to telling place. You, I don't think they're going to be able to play a show in New York in June. Personally. Maybe not in June, but my thing is, this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. You open up bars and restaurants first. You dip your toe into it. And then you work your way towards having huge, giant gatherings. Mm. Like, that's what happens. So you, so you just take baby steps, start getting some of these businesses back in the fold, start opening up the mall, start opening up restaurants and stuff like that. But you realize that, and you're right, the baby steps, but that means this tour is not, no major tour would happen then until the end of the next year, I think. But my thing is this. Because like, baby steps if, means you're, you're monitoring for, what, four weeks? I think the worst case scenario is them reopening everything June 1st. I think that is the worst case scenario. And it's like, as far as right now, because I'm not seeing it lasting. There's no more studies that are saying it's going to go into July and August. There's just not. I'm mm-hmm. only seeing June. That's all I'm seeing right now. Right now, no. It, right it, now, we're May, seeing Like that. I said, May 15th is, is my hopeful date. Um, again, not everywhere, though. I not really, everywhere. I really right. want it to be separated, you know? Well, I, it has to be separated yeah. by states. I think, I think that's the whole point of states' rights. It's like, yes, these people do have... This is the one thing that uh, that really bothers me when you hear people talking about politics is they'll sit there and be like, they'll pretend like states' rights shouldn't matter. And I'm like, no, no, they need to because there's different, ge- geographically, they're just different. different. Everything's yeah. different. You know yeah. I mean? The way of life is different. You can't sit there and, 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 and tell me that Nevada, who their whole economy revolves around tourism and, and shows and entertainment and stuff like that. You're not going to have the same rules on them as you would in Pittsburgh, which is all blue collar, go to the factory, come home dirty, take a shower. Yeah. No, yeah. you're completely right. All those things do matter. So I said m- California, but I meant, I mean, I spent, I said Nevada, I meant to say like Vegas, but <clears throat> to compare Vegas to Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I, it's, it's Nevada. We are, I don't want to talk shit. There's Reno, but we're, we're the majority. <laughs> no, I was going to say we're the majority of the city. No, we're the majority of the population yes, of the state, yes, is what yes. I'm saying. Not, not, not yeah. like we matter more. We're just the majority of no, the population. No, we do. We do. Yeah, I know yeah, we do. Suck it, Wolves. Uh, <clears throat> anyways. Suck yeah. it, UNR. You hear that? Sorry. I didn't mean that. I did. Brandon didn't go to college. <laughs> I totally didn't. <laughs> Brandon didn't go to college. He's an Ohio State fan. First off. It's the craziest thing. As a UNLV, I'm a running rebel. I, ha- I, I am a, a legit you, you running rebel. You are a running rebel. I, I am, um, but I, I, I still wouldn't say suck at UNR. No, no yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, now me, uh, I, I, now as I, a sports as only a, fan, <laughs> as a fan, as a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes, I own an Ohio State uh, shirt, so that doesn't necessarily make me a Buckeye. You painted a wall in your house. Uh, Lisa painted that. That was my wife. <laughs> she painted that. She did it as a surprise, and it was such a great surprise, but here's the thing. She fucked up the color scheme. It was supposed to be yeah. gray, and then there was supposed to be like a red and black stripe, but she put red with a gray. It's like she did you ever tell her that? Yeah, shouldn't have. Should have been like perfect. I go. I just came home and I just started laughing and I go. I love it, but you kind of messed it up. She's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, no, it's right. still pretty awesome. Well, she knows nothing about sports, so the fact that she took that upon her, I thought that was pretty awesome. I'm with you on that. I am with you. That's that's pretty amazing. So, anyways, I gave her some D after <clears throat> that. Yeah, no, I don't. I do. Did I, I just I, derail it? Sorry. I, you derailed our conversation sorry, for sorry, sure. Sorry. And the sorry. listeners probably rolled their eyes with no, me. No, they did not. They were applauding. <laughs> anyway, so with Tommy Lee's confidence that the Motley Crue summer tour won't be canceled, I'm going to say I believe that the majority of that tour won't be canceled. Yeah, I believe that. But I definitely think that there will be dates. If it starts in mid, if it starts in mid June, mm-hmm. I think it'll be fine. 
can you imagine if the Motley Crue tour happens and then the outbreak happens again and we get that W I was talking about? We could all blame Motley Crue for this. Oh, man. Be like, fucking Motley Crue, man. Motley, Motley Crue would be more responsible for an outbreak of, uh, you know, uh, cold sores. I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm not yeah. say. Motley Crue owns HPV. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that. We all know that. So moving on uh, away from our, we, we, you know, we had to have the conversation because we want... Are you one of the guys that are going to run it out there to everything? Or are you going to be the guy that's going to be like, I'm going to be patient, dude. First show that happens in Las Vegas. I don't give a shit what it is. I am fucking there. I don't care if it's disturbed. I'm there. I just need to get back in that atmosphere and have those amps screaming shit in my face. I need to get back out there. Psycho Vegas is not canceled. That's August 15th through the 20th. I can't see that or something like that. If I got the date wrong, it's not like wrong. they're paying me, so who cares? But I okay. got to go to that. Dude, Emperor's coming out here, Merciful Fate, Satyricon, who said they wouldn't play in, in fucking the States anymore are playing. Flaming Lips, <laughs> just to throw something in. That's a little... Wow. Down is going to play Nolan. It's into- Dude, I don't want to miss that show. Now, I understand the sa- safety of people, but I highly doubt that um, Look, dude, we're going to miss out on Psycho Vegas. The dude. bottom line I is highly this, doubt it. you have a choice to make. You can be scared about... And, and, you know, I understand if I, I can understand if this virus does scare the hell out of you. And I can understand you being worried about your immune system being compromised, especially if it's already a weak immune system. You know, I have uh, my wife doesn't necessarily have like the strongest immune system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, 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 it would make me think before I would go out and do stuff. But you have a choice to make. It's like you can either let these let this virus make you a prisoner in your own home mm-hmm. and also make you uh, just leery of everybody you come in contact with or you just take your chances and go with it. And here's the thing, man. The And I'm not trying to sound It's a personality thing. It's a personality thing. Yeah. And on top of that, too, it's like, look, man, look how many other things out there that could take you out in a matter of seconds, dude. How many people die of car wrecks every single year? We still get into our cars. How many mass shootings do we have a year? We don't have any gun control. That's that's right. Like that's just to throw something out there, and that's not a presidential thing. That's a American thing. It's like we haven't done nothing to well, stop the, that. The I bottom line—that's because that's you know? that's so much more of a complicated issue. But that's what I'm getting at. All these things are complicated issues. So when you simplify it mm-hmm. by making it sound like, oh, if I stay home, I won't get it. Then it's like, God, what are you? What else are you saying no to? But as a stand-up comic, like you have to go. Right I gotta back be into out. I gotta right? be. I gotta be out there in front of those diseased monkeys. I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Some people call them fans. Brandon calls them diseased monkeys. Only, but that's only right now. I call them diseased monkeys. As soon as this thing is over, they'll just be monkeys. I don't think terminology-wise, we can call people monkeys anymore. <laughs> I think you got to go to another animal, man. All right, fine. <laughs> Can we call them disease leopards? No, no, monkey. It's got to be. What? That sucks. Next story. So, we're, we're, again, we'll probably be talking about this next week, though, as far as when things are going to open and yeah. when bands are going to Well, do what we're going to do uh, is we're just going to. Uh, we're trying to avoid it as much as we can. What we're going to do is we're going to take exactly what we said about the Motley Crew uh, and, and then we're just going <laughs> to copy August. that. Yeah, copy that. And then we're going to paste it on the next week's episode and it'll be us talking about another <laughs> band. And we're just going to just cut out the word Motley Crew and insert other band. Yeah, when, uh, when I, yeah, as I'm sitting home in August, uh, instead of being at Psycho Vegas cheering on Merciful Fate, I'll realize, remember when I said that they'll happen for sure? This is how tomorrow's episode's <laughs> going to be. And it's like, so next August 16th, my, <laughs> next August we're, 16th, Megadeth is going back out on tour. We can legitimately say that we're wrong 
60% or 60%. I mean, 40%. We're right. 60 wrong. 40. We're wrong. We're wrong a lot. Yes. <laughs> we're wrong a lot. Well, yeah, because we don't have, we're not getting it <laughs> oh, straight no. from the horse's no, mouth. No, no, no. We're, we're all, we're all conjecture. That's all we are. So, but anyways, with that, what guys, if I call the audience cows? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think so. No. What do you mean? Because these cows, a cow that offends one group. Who? 50% of the population. Women? Yes. You can't call people cows. That's bad too. Hmm. I've never called a, a woman a cow. No, neither have I. <laughs> neither have I. But I'm just saying, we're always looking for animals to call somebody. Uh, cow is not acceptable as well. Think about that. No, no. How about we just get in trouble? We call people monkeys and cows. Oh, dude, I love it. How about, All right, we, call, how about we call monk cows? We'll just, we'll just take those emails. Fuck it. Monk cows? <laughs> Whatever. Let's just combine it. <laughs> Let's to, combine words. To a super insult. <laughs> Nobody sent us a picture of what you think a monk cow is. Because okay? <laughs> then we're going to get in real trouble. You know what I want? You know what I want from the Metal Sucks listening audience? If there's anybody out there that can play something like this. I'm sure many I want, metal bands that I, listen can play I would something love much to, better. I would love to hear somebody make something much better. A news jingle for us? Yes. If someone I'm wants, issuing the challenge. If even someone though wants to do it, send it on over. I'm issuing the challenge. Rise to offend at gmail.com. That's do where it, you send it over. Do but, it, you uh, diseased human beings. I'm not going to hold my breath that someone's going to take I'm not going to hold my breath to and do, do it, but I would love to hear what would come out. Okay. All right. It's something that we're, it's something worth asking for. Yeah. They do it for Howard Stern. Do it. I mean, we're on that. We're on par with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Delusion. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. I ate mushrooms before we did the show. <sighs> I know you did, man. Mm. So, uh, and my favorite planet is Mercury. Mercury. Did I get it? No. Damn. <laughs> I thought, I, dude, I thought about it the whole time. Because you say near. I just did it. I, I just said it right. Say it again. Mercury. One more time. Mercury. Okay. A little bit more cure mm-hmm. Say curie. Mercury. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And do some feel good stuff at four. And with that fucking win, let's go to another one. Here's my interview with uh, Trevor from the Black Dahlia Murder. Everybody, what's going on? Trevor, Black Dahlia Murder. Back on the show. We're here to talk about the new record. Verminous, which is coming out April 17th. Trevor, let's talk about the new record. To me, dude, it's it's got a little a little vampire vibe to it. Am I reading too far into the lyrics? What's going on? Uh yeah, there's some vampiric themes and you know, that's definitely um a recurring thing with Black Dolly Murder. And uh the third song especially, uh Removal of the Oaken Stake, is about being a vampire that's like already been staked and he's basically just in stasis in a coffin waiting for someone to pull the uh, stake out and uh it's uh influenced by uh this role-playing game i used to play when i was a kid called rift there was a vampire kind of expansion for it and uh yeah definitely left a mark on me I got to tell you, like, uh, vampire movies, there's so many great ones. But for me, and I think you're in my wheelhouse with this, Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, that was like my makeout movie when I was like 15 years old. That was like, I'd take the VHS and we'd watch it. I'd watch it with like a date. And for some reason, they would, they would <laughs> always make out with me. It, when, when Gary Oldman was like a wolf, too. It wasn't like during like a Keanu Reeves part or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's a really long movie, you know, maybe that was part of it or, um, 
I don't know. It's a little, it's romantic. You know what I mean? Uh, a little bit. I just remember thinking in my in mind and I'm like, cause to me it was just like, Hey, this is like dark and cool. And I'm not like horror movies, but you can't put on slasher movies because even back then when I was 12 or 13, I realized that, you know, the, the titties ratio was too much to like just show to people. But (laughs) (laughs) is there, is, am I allowed to say titties ratio without getting in trouble in the modern times? I don't even know, but (laughs) I did it. I'm I'm sticking to it. But Bram Stoker's Dracula, although probably more breasts were exposed in that film, I felt it was fine. I don't know. Cause there's an artistic value to it. So did you have, there there was a lot of, uh, pushed up bosoms in that movie if i recall you know the old school powdered wig titties yes dude the corsets i'm still like madly attracted to i don't know what it is it just there's something about that outfit that and you know it stems it stems from that movie man you know you have your horny feelings tied into that now you know i really do Uh, what's a vampire movie obviously not a make-out movie but what's a vampire movie that like in the catalog of your mind that's like dude that is such an impressive film um, man, vampire movies. Um, Near Dark is cool. Mm, yeah. uh, I had only really seen that recently, um, which is, kind of, I don't know, it seems like something that I would have loved as a kid for sure. And uh, Bill Paxton, man, you know. You don't know what you got till they're gone, man. Isn't that the truth about I know, Bill Paxton? Dude. I, like, you're, you look back, I, you're like, he I, was amazing. I just thought he'd live forever because he was so awesome. You know what I mean? He was, you know, it, it's really sad. Yeah. Did you ever see the film he, Frailty, the one he wrote and directed with uh, McConaughey? Uh, no, I didn't. Dude, you got to see it. It's a horror film. So What's it called? It's called Frailty. And it is Frailty. so right. underrated. It's amazing. And Matthew McConaughey is the lead. And this was during his romantic comedy phase, so I think a lot of people just ignored it. But, dude, right. it, it was it was an excellent film. And Paxton, that's, I think that's the only thing he directed. And so we lost not only uh, – um, somebody called him a character actor. I don't, I don't buy that. That's, he's a leading man. But um, we lost a, a great director, too, that understood horror films, man, because that is a creepy film, dude. It's so good. You ever see yeah, – which one did I – Shadow of the Vampire with, like, Willem Dafoe? I don't know when that came out. It was from, no, I haven't seen that, but he could definitely lend himself to a vampire movie, that's for sure. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. It was by the dude E. Elias Marriage that did that film Begotten. That I don't know if people ever saw that, but if Antichrist Superstar by Marilyn Manson, everything he did uh-huh. imagery-wise, he stole from Begotten. I stand by that. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> everything. So anyways, yeah, dude, vampires I don't think are... are they're not in the trend right now, now that I think about it, because there hasn't really been a, a solid one in a long time, you know? I, I, I think yeah, yeah, you know, I think that they kind of were getting a bad rap um, for a while there. Um, man, what was it Twilight? Oh, that's when that was right. Out? You win. <laughs> you win. Yeah, see, that kind of that took the piss out of vampires for a while, I think, and then it's just like, all right, yeah. you know. I'm with you. There's a moratorium on that, and then Fifty Shades of Grey. No more S and M for a long time. Just to keep that away from us for a while. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I forgot about the Twilights, dude. Um, it seems like it was just yesterday, but you know that was Twilight Mania. But now it's you know long gone. Oh, 
dude, everything was to me. It's like, I seen everything a year ago, but it's really 10. <laughs> right? uh-huh. Dude, we had to do a uh, best of uh, decade list and um, a bunch of us were asked and ritual made a, a ton of lists on the metal websites for the best of the last uh, 10 years. And uh, I just remember that's, that's like, awesome. Yeah, dude. Uh, dude, let's talk about ritual for a little bit. We're here to talk about verminous, but we'll, we'll get there. Don't worry, guys. Me and Trevor, we, we got 30 minutes here. So ritual. Um, I mean, it's almost a decade past. I think it was 2011 when it came out. I mean, it's crazy to me, but when the legacy of the record, did, did you kind of feel it when you were writing it at the time that it would kind of have that kind of legacy? Um, it, there was a definite special air around uh, the creation of that album. That's one of the, I guess the only time we really had a conversation about what we were going to do with an album as we wrote it, you know, like what was going to be the plan. And that's not something we normally do, just kind of like let it flow organically. But we had a meeting, Brian and I, and we were like, all right, um, what what can we do to make this music better, to make this music resonate more with people? And, you know, I think we realized that we needed to be more dynamic as a band. You know, and um, that's when we started incorporating um, using samples live. So we were able to like put some string parts and some acoustic parts that we'd be able to have on stage. And that just um, blew the doors open for uh, us to be able to do all kinds of different, you know, stuff, create a lot more uh, dynamism in the songs. And, and um, you know, definitely... Um, it was, it did what we needed it to do, but I don't think it was, it's obviously not as revered as um, nocturnal, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So we were a little bit like at the time wondering like, what, what is it about Deflerate that doesn't make it stick as much? And I think um, it's just, it's really technical, overly technical record, I want to say. And there's no, there's not enough like, slower passages or dynamics or, or like, you know, um, emotionally ev- evocative parts, I guess. So that's kind of what we learned from that. You know, we're going to like make a record that, um, is more gripping and, you know, a little bit more like cinematic and, um, you know, and, 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 uh, let some of the parts hang around a little bit longer so you can, they can like get stuck in your head, you know, instead of just blowing through a bunch of, super tech stuff you know absolutely and then the follow-up to that uh, ritual we're talking about was ever black and i feel like that one was like a step right above i don't know if it's revered as much as ritual because ritual was kind of the first yeah you know definitely you know and i i see like the evolution of the band you know happening over all these albums and i think that you know nocturnal is like the first benchmark where you know, we started to um use pro tools to do demos instead of just like writing all together in a room and, um, which was ultimately pretty frustrating at, so it was the first time the songs got, um, entirely developed, you know, by the, the person that was writing them. So then that kind of stuck, you know what I mean? But, um, I think that, uh, that ritual was like the next, uh, benchmark of like kind of like the beginning of a new era. And, uh, yeah, we definitely took what we learned from that and onward into Everblack and Abysmal. And, 
Yeah, man, we're, you know, I, I feel like we've, we know how to write a Black Dahlia song, and we have for a long time, but we're, we're trying to write better songs, and, and really it's in the details, you know, it's in the small uh, details of the songs that just make a huge difference, so it's really like these microscopic moves that you can make, and um, it's employing different kinds of songwriting and different tactics and different rhythms, and you know, trying to do something exciting within, like, the, these parameters that we've set, you know, because we want to be recognized upon the first note, you know what I mean? You want to, I want kids to go, oh, this is the new Black Dahlia murder, you know? And we, we look to bands like Cannibal Corpse that have that kind of track record where kids just know that they're never going to sell out, they're never going to, like, take a weird left turn and, you know, just be, like, old faithful, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But th- there's always surprises, even with Corpse, like you're talking about, with you guys as well. Every record, there's always like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I remember specifically when listening to the new album, like there was a guitar solo, I think it was on Sunless Empire, and I thought it would end, and it, it just kept going and kept going. And I'm like, wow, that really just added that little element that uh, you, don't, you don't see coming. And there's a lot of those moments on the new record. Um, because we as listeners, we do try to predict, I think, what's going to happen you know, with the band that we're familiar with. And um, do you guys consciously think that way to be like, all right, we need to twist it or do a little bit different or, or something like that so the listener can't guess what's going to happen? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, and, and um, this is this album has like the most like little Easter eggs and little twists and turns and, you know, just really, really like, um, yeah, like I said, it's definitely all, it's all in the details, man. And, and Brandon coming into the band with Nightbringers, I think that he's opened our eyes to a lot of like songwriting techniques, and um, you know he's just super uh, a super musical guy, a guitar prodigy. You know what I mean? So we're just, we're trying to keep up with him. You know it feels like, and it's it's really awesome to have another creative force come in the band that's just you know he's just killing it and. And he's just, I don't know, he's a little genius, but he, he, he brought so much to this record and like where I felt Nightbringers was really strong mm. and he put his mark on that. Like he's just come into like his full bloom here, you know what I mean, with this record. And yeah, I think that, I think that it's going to resonate with people. I think they're going to like it. Now, conceptually, I don't know if you guys have done a concept record before. Ritual, to me, felt like it was a concept record. Um, this record? Yeah, I, I, I would say Ritual is the only full blast concept record we've ever done, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then this one is not, but I felt like it, it, it kind of had that potential to it, but no, it's not technically one, right? It has some like different parts that are tied in with the themes and the cover art a few different times that it's touched on. And I'll do that throughout. I've done that throughout all of our records. You know what I mean? Just like little little nuggets that kind of tie everything together lyrically and thematically. But um, yes, yeah, so we have uh, the verminous here. That's we're kind of referring to the underground and uh, calling us the rats and uh, roaches and the pariahs of the world. You know that the world of normality doesn't want to see or acknowledge. And um, that our strength is in numbers, you know, and um, it's uh, the song Sunless Empire is directly uh, tied to the theme. And uh, it actually talks about uh, 
living underground and kind of the realm that you see on the cover art, the sewer world. And um, the first song, of course, Verminus, you know, definitely uh, talks about some of those themes. Living underground and um, being like, I guess in a way, evolutionarily perfect. You know, like you have these creatures that like preceded man, but they haven't changed in, in like thousands and thousands of years, you know. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's all tied in, man. Was there a reason behind the color choice on this one, out of curiosity? Well, I definitely was um, shooting for that kind of nocturnal feel. Not to look just like nocturnal, but we have a kind of consistent look between the records where they're based with a really strong color. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? And um, uh, I'm all about the evil place. Like that's <laughs> every, you know, most of our covers are of the evil place that you don't want to go. And it's just a, a nod to old school death metal for sure. You know, and, uh, the cover was done by, uh, Wanyo Cassiano and, uh, he knocked it out, man. It looks, it looks awesome. I'm looking at it right now, actually. No, nah, it's awesome. Every one of your guys' covers is great, man. I'm a huge okay, except for I'm I'm from Las Vegas and Miesma is a is a picture of right from the MGM Grand. That's the only one that I'm I'm gonna say isn't great. But it's okay. It's okay. That's the only cover that Yeah, that's that's not great. That's really before we had the budget to do yeah. what we wanted to do. You know, and Nocturnal was the first time where it was like, All right, sick, let's get a painting, you know, let's get this old school shit going and yeah. Um, that kind of set the pace for the, for the rest of the records. And that was a really exciting moment to have, um, the ability to, you know, and I, I, I enjoy being the art guy for the band, you know, uh, looking for the t-shirt artists and, um, and, uh, you know, the whole like visual aspect of the band, you know, I really enjoy, uh, doing that. So nice dude now one thing i did want to touch on man and i don't know if this is true or not but i, I heard you were like a big symphony x fan but me personally uh, yeah i, I okay. love symphony x okay from paradise lost on dude i'm in i think iconoclast iconoclast was like a game changer but you like pre all that stuff like divine wings of tragedy all yeah stuff? i like the old stuff too Ooh. yeah um for me my favorite is is the odyssey that's where i came in that's that's and my, um, friend, my friend's but, trying to sell that one to me, and I mean I have it. I bought the CD, you know, but I'm, I'm that song's like 26 minutes long. How long is that song? Yeah, that's a long ass song for sure. That's a it's an odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, dude, uh, the Michael Romeo record, man. I, to me, that's the best of the entire stack. You know, like the the solo record that you just put out uh, last year, and <sighs> it's it's very. Very Symphony X sounding. It has a different vocalist though, but he's like, you know, he's damn talented too. Yeah, dude. And, Russ, and uh, Russell Allen's great, but the, you're right. The vocalist on the on the Michael Romeo, I don't know who it was, but it added so much more. Like it sounds like I'm talking shit about Russell Allen. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but this guy's this. Who, do you know who it was? The singer? I forgot. Um, no, I, I think he's just like like some. I think this is like the first substantial thing he's ever done. Oh, I was checking out his uh, metal archives a while back, but um, yeah, man, super killer record. Uh, production's great. Um, I still play it a lot to this day, and 
we actually played with Symphony X and Blind Guardian way back in the day in like 2002. I want to say it's our it was our first like real show at a real venue with like monitors on stage and stuff, you know. Mm, wow. That dude they were killer live, man. I've seen Symphony X. You know one tour that they were coming through was them and Nevermore and they canceled right before I guess Nevermore just broke up. And I, uh, that would have been a killer show, man. It was at a small right. venue too, man. But yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't get to catch it. The uh, the show we did was uh, very ill attended. It, it, it was kind of before the U.S. like really woke up to power metal. I think that kind of Dragon Force blew that door open and you know made people aware of it, you know. And it was a, a bit before that we were giving tickets away for free pretty much to kind of fill up the venue. <laughs> and that's, that's so true about what you said. Like there was a lot of bands that, um, man, like Camelot iced earth is the band that I got into. Cause I was so into the vocalist at the time. I like Camelot. Yeah. Cam- Camelot was one of those that I never thought were an American band. <laughs> and then I found out they're like from Florida. I'm like, what? Cause I thought they were, you know, the power metal stuff was so European and they sounded so much like that. Camelot's, right. Camelot's good. Um, but yeah, Iced Earth, man, I don't know, dude. That was probably the one that woke me up. It's because they did like a record called Horror Show, and it was all just about the stuff that I loved. And uh, that was the first American band. But Power Metal, are you, are you still into Power Metal a lot or no? Because I feel like it's really, um, I think it's, it's just in a great place right now, like a lot of the genres. But when you go to festivals, do you see a lot more of those Power Metal bands? Like getting the following, uh, dude. In in Europe, mm. man, there there's no shortage of power metal. It's mm. everywhere. It's it's like, man, it, it might be the premier genre at some of these festivals. It feels like, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I I like power metal a lot. I don't like follow it as much as like other corners of uh, of metal. You know what I mean? But I have my favorites, and. Um, for a while, I was really chasing this uh, Blind Guardian, um, A Night at the Opera, Dragon. Cause that, was like, that was like the first uh, power metal record that really sucked me in. And it's so symphonic, and it has so many layers of instruments. And I was always trying to find something comparable to that, you know what I mean? But it's just not out there, you know? I, but um, so, like, lately I've been getting more into... Uh, guitar-driven power metal, you know what I mean? Mm. Just, like, mad riffs and, uh, like, uh, yeah, just, uh, Savage Circus, nice. um, Iron Savior. Iron Savior's dope, man. You but, yeah, man, I, I recommend um, Odyssey. It's got a little bit of a, a Pantera twist in some of the riffing. Mm. I'm going back to revisit for sure, dude. So speaking of, we were talking about revisiting things a, a little bit ago when we were talking about vampire movies and stuff like that. And, and I've noticed revisiting movies when I loved as a kid, that's a huge mistake. You know, um, they, they're always usually bad, but revisiting. Movies, yeah, it definitely, definitely can be, uh, you know, you just have it like on this pedestal in your mind and you remember, you know, so many fond times watching it or something. And then you see it again and you're like, God, this is shot you know <laughs> exactly but isn't it great when it does hold up where you're like dude i 
it, you're like, oh man, I love Batman, Tim Burton Batman. I'm so scared to rewatch it right now. And then you watch it, and you're like, oh, it's still good. You know, like isn't that yeah, like a great sure. feeling that you're like, oh, all right, we're still okay. I recently revisited uh-huh. um, Harley Davidson and the Marble Man, a Mickey Rourke movie. Now, oh damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It's probably worth watching now if you never saw it as a kid because it's, it's so bad it's good. It's like one of those. But like as, for me as a kid, I don't know what it was, but Mickey Rourke was like my icon, dude. I love that guy. And, and then obviously he was gone for a while. But like as a kid, I was like, this guy. I want to talk like him. I want to like squint my eyes like him. I want to do all that stuff, you know? <laughs> I want to squint my eyes like him. <laughs> he's got the perfect squint when he's talking to someone. He's like, listen, you're like, ooh, he's scary. You know, I like it, dude. He does it good. Is there anything that you revisit uh, on the regular that you're like, this is amazing music-wise or film-wise? Um, man, I used, I used to watch this um, animated um, film, Rock and Rule. Hmm. And it had like music from Blondie and Iggy Pop, and um, it it was like sci-fi. It was a little bit like heavy metal, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like sci-fi. It's like this uh, post-apocalyptic Earth where people are like mutated with animals. So there's like dog people and rat people and stuff like that. And um, there's this guy Mock who is like the David Bowie, but he's like evil and he's the magic man. And he's trying to, um, to bring Satan basically to earth and he needs a special voice to like finish this uh, ritual. And the voice is like, uh, ends up being this girl who, uh, she's like in a local band and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a it's an awesome movie. And I saw it as a kid. It's definitely, you know, like an R-rated movie, I would say, for sure. But I, I saw it when I was like four or five, and it became my favorite thing. And I just watched it over and over and over. And, um, yeah, I, I, I've seen it again recently, and uh, I got a vouch for it. I think it's really good. Rock and roll. I never heard it. I never heard it or seen it, dude. I'm excited about that. A, lo- a lot of people haven't heard of it. It's definitely under the radar, but uh, it's out there. It can be found. Nice, dude. I'm going to find that, dude, for sure. Now, I just rewatched The Monster Squad, and it holds up. Oh, hell yeah. It's good Hell still, yeah, that's man. great. Yeah, and, and I was worried, though. I went in worried because I was like, uh-oh, don't ruin this, man. I saw it in a theater as a kid. I snuck in. But speaking of the Batman, did you see the new Joker film? What's, what's your thoughts on that, man, out of curiosity? Uh, no, I, I haven't seen it, actually. Mm, okay, I'm, I'm curious on that because I just watched it like two days ago. And, uh, man, I was, besides the performance, and I get it, the film was just not, I don't know, I was disappointed. <laughs> okay. But, I don't know, I don't, don't have high expectations. Yeah, uh, you know, especially in the, in the uh, superhero department of mm-hmm. movies, I think that there's just, they reboot stuff so fast. You know, like, how many Spider-Man have there been now? You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. And, uh, man, they're just grit mining the hell out of comic books for Hollywood now. Yeah. You know, they're like, this works, man. People are paying for it. Let's do it. 
and that's and that's how I felt about the Joker. I'm like, no, this isn't. A, you guys are just. It's like they took another movie and they just put a Joker in there. I said, hey, yeah, people like him. He sells, you know. And I'm like, oh, you're killing it. <laughs> but you nailed it with a Spider Man. And I keep hearing people say that it's good, it's good. I'm like, I just got an Andrew Garfield like five years ago, and now I got like two other kids that did this. <laughs> you know, like enough with the Spider Man. I got a cartoon version and another guy, and I'm like, dude, it's to me originality. That's what I think is sacrificed right now, is people trying to do original stuff because nobody will go see it. You think nostalgia is the only thing that matters now? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like, um, I feel like, in a way, all these characters are omnipresent, you know what I mean? So it's not as cool, you know? It doesn't feel like it's your kind of, like, secret world anymore, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, just, like, I don't know, it just seems really... Um, like they're just completely tapped of ideas, you know, like everything is getting rebooted, um, just like tons of remakes all the time. And it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like very genuine or very, you know, inspired, you know? Yeah, dude. I completely agree with that. I think, and that's, that's the whole thing. But, um, as, as things change and people look to different things uh, as far as like entertainment, I guess, I guess what you know is the only thing that'll draw you in. But for me, I'm the opposite. I think we're just from a different era where it's like, nah, I want to see something original and um, something I can tell my friend about that he doesn't know about. That's something that I miss. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. I don't get any more in movies. So, but with that, man, I just want to one more time bring it up, guys. Verminous is out April 17th. Make sure you guys are pre-ordering it. The last thing I did want to bring up is that you said that there was a risk game with vampires that kind of uh, inspired you as a kid. Now, you're selling a game version, I guess. You can pre-order it, of Verminous. Tell me about this. And is it anything like that game you were talking about that you grew up on? Um, it's uh, actually a D&D uh, expansion, mm. just like a, a one-off adventure for um, for the fifth edition of Dungeons and & Dragons. And I I used to play a lot of D&D in my, in my formative years and definitely um, kind of was a precursor to being interested in metal. You know, like I drew like parallels between the themes and kind of like fell down that rabbit hole too. But, uh, it's a, it's a one-off. It's based on, um, around the artwork and themes of the record. Um, so lots of like rats and slime and, and, uh, it was, uh, designed by Dungeon Punks and Nerdgore. They both uh, worked together on it to make the story and the, and the artwork inside. And, um, yeah, man, that thing has been really exciting. It's been picking up a lot of steam and the initial two, uh, runs of it like sold out already but we're did we're doing like a light version that comes with a little bit less um doesn't come with the dice or the uh dungeon master screen but it has the adventure it has the uh player sheets and stuff and like the demand has just been crazy for this thing so it's 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 been uh i don't know it's been pretty cool to like between that and the uh slime filled vinyls that we we pressed a few of um, we've been making some pre-order waves here, so it's pretty exciting. Nice, dude. Yeah, that's what I like to hear, man. That's what I like to hear. No, that when I saw that, I it was sold out, so I couldn't order it in time. But yeah, I saw that. I saw that right away, and I was like, man, everybody's gonna pick this up. Do you know how much you pressed? Like just off the top of your head, how many will be out there in the world? I think that there's sixty altogether, 
They were really like labor intensive to make. It's basically two clear vinyls that are like melded together around the edge. And, uh, so yeah, so a lot of them are, were spoken for right out of the gate by, you know, just like the people in the inner circle with the band. And then I think about four, uh, I think like, man, only like 40 of them were available to the public. So it's got a little bit of a dick tease, you know, but definitely, um, it was an, ex it's expensive to make expensive, you know, it has a really expensive price tag. So it's, it's a kind of like only for a few people anyway, really. But, uh, as far as like, um, getting people excited about what we're doing right now, it's definitely worked. Nice dude. Think about that. We just talked about the journey from nocturnal, actually getting to, to collaborate on your artwork, having the budget to the budget we're at now. How cool is that? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I just, I can pull out all the stops now. You know what I mean? I can just do, we can do whatever we want. Um, the RPG started as like just the dungeon master screen, you know, like, uh, it's like a cardboard stand up with the artwork on it that you would like put between you and your players. So they can't see like what you're doing or, you know, or spy on you or whatever during the game. So it started with that. And then, uh, Kareem Peter, he's the, uh, the head of our merch company, um, night shift merch. And he's, uh, a longtime friend of the band and advisor for the band. And he used to be our tour manager for several years. So, you know, he's, he's very close with us. And he was like, why don't we make a full on like one-off adventure for D and D, you know, like that's like, so, you know, I, I got to thank him for coming up with that. You know, it's definitely very cool. Nice dude. So, Everybody, with that, make sure you're picking up. The record is awesome, guys. Perfect follow-up to Nightbringers for all you fans out there that don't know. Um, but everybody that hasn't picked up uh, a Black Dahlia Murder record, all you youngins out there, pre-order this. This is going to be awesome. Definitely check out the packages on MetalBlade.com. With that, it's coming out once again, guys, April 17th. So make sure you pre-order it. So with that, Trevor, as always, a great talk. Dude, I want to thank you so much, uh, once again, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Ah, thanks for having me, dude. It's been fun.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
sky And they stand there One mile over we'll be there And we'll see you Ten troops of us will be there And nothing too Twenty-four before my love you'll see
And we are back, guys. First song you heard is the title track off the new record by the Black Dahlia Murder, Verminous. Second song is Child and Night, both off the record. Verminous is coming out April 17th, guys. Make sure you're pre-ordering. Pick it up. Great record. Great time. Ah, love it so much. Third song you played is by one of our favorite bands. We, we love them so much. Allegian. They put out a new cover from the Yes song, Roundabout. It's a digital single only and it's out right now, guys, but you heard how fucking killer it is. Their covers are a blast, dude. Make sure you guys are supporting the Legion during this time. Pick up that excellent cover. And with that, I want to thank everybody out there who keeps giving us these cool five-star reviews on the good old iTunes. It means the world, all those kind words you guys have to say and just supporting the show in general. We love making it for you guys, and that little thank you is all we ask for from you guys. And also want to thank everybody out there who is still listening to Rise to Offend, our other podcast, a documentary podcast. We really appreciate that and the reviews we're getting for that show. I have never had the opportunity to thank the Metal Sucks listening audience. Mm. And I want to say... Thank you. All right. You guys get that? I I got it. No, it was cool. I just want to let them know that, I mean, yes, you did speak for me all those other times. And Jocelyn and Sylvia. And Jocelyn and Sylvia. Yes, you did speak for us. And Mm -hmm. uh, I just, but I never said it. So I just want to let them know. Thank you. He says, thank you, guys. I did just call them disease apes or monkeys. <laughs> so now this is me sprinkling a little sugar on that. <laughs> like how you changed from monkeys to apes. Monkeys, apes. And now they, but now they're beautiful people. You beautiful metal sucks listening audience. Oh, awesome. Unprecedented cheekbones, clean hair. Stay safe out there, guys. Do the right thing. We'll talk to you guys next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.